What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome back to Petals of Support. This is Mama D. Thank you for coming back for part two of this week's sleepover episode. Yes, this is part two, which means if you miss part one, it is the episode right before this one. And yes, we still have a guest. I hope that you enjoy this continuation, more stories and more laughter. As always, if you have any thoughts or opinions, all the information will be at the end on how you can reach out to me as well as our special guest this week. And everything is, as always, in the show notes. So please sit back and enjoy part two. When I lived in LA, after Jerry Springer, I moved to LA and I kind of started all the way over. I went from being an executive assistant to three pretty established producers to working my way back up to being a field interviewer and a post-production supervisor and an assistant editor. And I moved out there really at the forefront of reality TV. And it was great in my 20s, but having grown up in Kentucky and being a small town girl and then living in LA, I was like, I could never raise kids here. Like I said that multiple times out loud. And I met a guy who was in grad school. We met online. We got engaged quickly. We got married, had three kids in four years, knocked out that chapter. (laughs) And then I wanted to inch my way back into working. And so while my kids were in preschool and small, I started doing field research for court TV. And while they were in a playgroup, I was going to the courthouses and digging for stories again, right? Building those skills back up. And I did that for five, five seasons. I did Judge Alex, and then I did Hot Bench, and then some divorce court. And then that led to me keeping my foot in the door in Hollywood and getting back into casting for America's Got Talent. And just then I tried the corporate world for a bit. And then I was just like, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then back to entrepreneurship. And so... Okay, now we're done talking about Mama D. Mama D needs to hear... All of the, I am a huge reality TV fan. Yeah. I mean, I worked for Nanny 911 for three seasons as a post-production supervisor. That was a great show. I'm still in touch with a couple of the nannies now. It's funny because I feel like some of the shows that I worked on were kind of parallel to my life. I actually worked on this documentary when we lived in Kentucky for a couple of years where um, there was a 
there was a high school down the street from where my parents lived and it was all pregnant teens. And so I'm sure you've seen the show like teen mom and 16 and pregnant. Well, they did an entire MTV documentary at that high school. And after LA, we stopped down in Kentucky for a couple of years. Then we moved back to Chicago. And while we were in Kentucky, I had kept in touch with someone that Mm -hmm. was the executive producer on that show. And so I ended up being like a local production manager and it's funny, but right after I worked on that show, I got pregnant with my second kid. <laughs> and so it was, was funny because they were like taking, you know, high school breaks to go to the gynecologist. And I was 31. So I was like, they're 15 and 16 getting pregnant. And I'm 31. I'm like the old lady here getting pregnant. But <laughs> oh, interesting. what was interesting about that, and I think that you'll appreciate this, is that mm-hmm. a lot of those kids came from broken homes. And some of the kids that were getting in fights there or you know, wanted to tell their story, they didn't even have like a parent that could sign off on them with the footage. And so a lot of the stories we couldn't even air because we couldn't get their legal guardian or someone who was responsible for them to sign off. And so they had car seats on the buses. They provided Um. birth control. They, it was their goal to help these girls make it through high school and potentially get to college and turn their circumstances around. And I thought that that was really interesting and cool. That is interesting. Yeah. Because that's not not the norm. So I but love the fights they, broke out. Yeah. And, you know, imagine these 15 and 16-year-old girls, like, having to balance being a mom and trying to finish school. Well, I can't just freaking fi- imagine doing that well, as a mom before now. Fifteen-year-old kids. I mean, my yeah, they're gosh, babies. You are, well, you're a ba- you are a ball of hormones. You can't control. And then you throw some pregnancy hormones in there, which I mean, oh. anyone who has been pregnant knows that that's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun basket, right? You're there. a wreck. Oh yeah. And then you add just the fact that you're a wreck when you're a fifteen, six-year-old kid, boy, yep. girl, doesn't matter. You are a mess. And because yes. I have sixteen-year-old, and who we we. Go from some highs and some lows. Oh, yeah. I've got a 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm scared of him 95% of the time because I'm just like, what kind of mood are we in today? But, okay, so you did that. I also worked on a show called Kill Reality. That one was really interesting. So Hmm. it was a bunch of reality stars that were on, like, Survivor and Big Brother and Real World and Apprentice. And they all lived in a house together and we filmed the house 24 seven, like cameras in every room, but the bathroom. And they had their opportunity to star in a Hollywood feature. So one crew was filming them all living together. That was the crew I was on. I was a field interviewer on that show. And then the other crew was filming the making of this horrible B movie (laughs) (laughs) direct to DVD that went nowhere. Still, I'd be watching it because I'd be like, I know all of them. (laughs) But it was really interesting. Obviously, the most of the drama happened with them all hooking up with each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was also interesting, just you put all of these prima donnas in a room together and you're obviously going to have drama. And if they're all attractive and hot and, you know, being a part of a movie and trying to outdo each other, it's just going to make for good TV. <laughs> oh, it is because you have people who that that is their claim to fame is look at me. Yep. And what outrageous things can I do? And we create these people and yes, I am do. completely guilty of it because I'm like watching it, you know, I mean, you want to talk about some of my favorites. I mean, I'm, they're the ones who are the more outrageous ones because they, you know, so we do create it, yep. but, and they just emulate it because yep. they know they're not, they, know they play to it. They oh, play yeah. to it. And oh, yeah. I, 
you know, it's that thing where I don't blame them because if that was what was giving me a check, I would play to it too. So I don't blame them at all. Okay. So now that's when you, so this is all when you're in LA. So I'm curious because you listed all these different, you know, these different ones. So is it that you just kind of work for one and then you go work for another one? Or is that, I mean, is that how it works? So a lot of times you're hoping that the show is going to get picked up. They sign you on for like 13 episodes. And if it doesn't get picked up, you go on unemployment and try to find another show. I was lucky okay. that a couple of the shows that I worked on got picked up. Like Nanny was three seasons. Mm-hmm. I worked okay. on a pilot that got picked up for a second season. Okay, I worked on a show called Motormouth. I don't know if you remember that one. It was a VH1 show where people drove around and their cars were rigged. It was kind of like the start of carpool karaoke. But basically, oh. like, say I nominated you to drive around in this vehicle. And I told you that you were driving around in the vehicle to, like, listen to market research of the CD of this music. And afterwards, you have to fill out a survey of, like, what songs you like, what songs you didn't. But truthfully, I know the kind of music that you like. So the entire CD was songs that you would love and want to dance to and sing out the window to. So you oh. drive around they catch you singing in your car and then I hop in and I encourage you to sing to the person at McDonald's or to jump out of the car and do funny dance moves. So fun. Oh, I would love that show. (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't take much encouraging. You'd be like, you know, jump in my car and I'd be like, if you're going to sing with me, I have an extra microphone. (laughs) So Rina, Rina, Bobina. (laughs) (laughs) We'll write our own. (laughs) Oh, how that's interesting because, you know, I don't know much about TV and how all of that works. So it's interesting to think that, you know, what a, you're rolling dice each time, whether you, I assume, believe in the show or not, because I'm sure there's some people who do greatly believe in it, but I think there's probably others that are like, this is the job and we're just hoping. So what a stressful life to think here's 13 episodes or, I, you know, 21 or whatever it is. And then what happens and it's out of your control because it's whether it gets picked up or, or I not. love that you got that. What you said about rolling dice is so, so true. Not only is this going to get picked up, but are these guests going to perform in the way that I need them to? <laughs> and uh, yeah. how much can you convince them to be awesome? Like even if there is a format that you think is going to work, you're constantly working out the kinks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I mean, I can only imagine because, you know, they, I think I've heard somewhere that one of the worst thing, things to work with are animals because animals are so unpredictable. And I would agree with that. But I think that people pro- right up there, because I could sit here and, you know, you could tell me this is what I need you to do. This is how I need you to act. This is, you know, if you're surprised, you know, be over. And then all of a sudden you put some cameras in my face and I might not give you what I said I'm going to give you, which would make your life just extremely difficult. Because what do you do if you think you have this very animated, going to be the center of the room person who then walks in and walks over and grabs some chips and goes to the chair and is like, there's eight cameras in here. I no longer want to be the animated person. What do you do in that situation? I've been there. Not with the chips, but I've had people freeze. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I've had to say, we've got to shut down the the cameras for a minute. And I've got to talk to this person like, and let them know, hey, you're just talking to me. Like, you need to ignore the cameras. Let's do some jumping jacks together. Let's get that animation back. 
I already know you. You already know me. Let's role play this a bit. Oh, that is hard. Very. I don't. Well, because, you know, in theory, what does a producer do? What does, you know, because we see those roll in the credits and you don't know. You know that some things there's like, you know, five of them and some of them there's like a bazillion rolling down the screen and you don't really know how hands on somebody has to be in these roles. So to think that you would just kind of stop things and be like, let's, let's role play or let's calm down or let's breathe. And then hope that you go back and they're like, do you need a drink? Yes. (laughs) Let me get the special thermos and then you can, (laughs) that'd be me. (laughs) Who was that person I talked to on the phone? What happened to her? (laughs) Exactly. Well, especially like, I mean, let's bring her back. We'll yeah. take Jerry Springer. Exactly. Because that. you needed, they needed animated people. Yes. yes. And they seem to do a very, very good job of finding those people. But I'm sure there's probably some that first time they walked out on stage were not so, because that's scary. Walk out and see this whole audience of people looking at you and all the cameras and the lights. I would freeze. I, no matter how much you prepared me, I would freeze. So, not easy. Not easy. Not easy. And I believe that after working there for two and a half years, I was definitely experiencing burnout. And okay. Yeah. I think I didn't know what it was called at the time, but I was living and breathing that show, like working 100 hours a week. Mm, okay. And that I knew was not sustainable. And so I felt like after I worked there that long, I wanted to kind of leave on a high note. And I did. And I knew that I had produced enough shows to move to L.A. and get into the Producers Guild. So I did that. (laughs) So what was the first, like, what are some other ones that you did? So you said the nanny. So was that the first one you did straight from moving to L.A.? Or did you have Actually, the very first role from L.A., I worked on a pilot, a CNN pilot. And I was like a production coordinator and then it did not get picked up. But the production company that was doing that pilot, they were looking for an executive assistant. And so I took a regular desk job and started all the way over. So I went from being a producer to being an assistant to three producers. But then I was Mm -hmm. able to network and then I was able to kind Mm -hmm. of see what a production house looked like behind the scenes. How how do you location out in a new location? Right. How do you location scout? How do you do time cards for a big production? How do you do accounts payable and receivable? Well, it's kind of, I mean, it's funny because I know, you know, the hindsight idea because I'm sitting here thinking back to, you know, you went to a college that you then went to Purdue and then you're working radio and then you go and you think you want a job working in this news, but it doesn't work. But then all of a sudden you walk across, you know, a courtyard and there you're at Jerry Springer. And that that was the next brick that needed to be placed. Then you go out to L.A. thinking I'm going to do this as a producer, but that doesn't work. But it puts you in the position, as you said, to I'm sure you needed new people. You needed a network with new people. And it gave you that opportunity to see from the bottom what you needed to do to be at the top and then just keep building. It's funny how we don't realize how things kind of go the way they're supposed to go. You know, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be like, that's not the job I wanted. I came out here as a producer. I want to be a producer, but it worked the way it was supposed to work and made you even more successful than 
if you'd just been thrown as a producer, I would guess. Thank you. I I just want to encourage people who are listening to, to understand that it's okay to pivot. It's okay to try things. It's okay to work somewhere until you don't like it anymore and try something else. And you don't have to stay a year and you don't have to stay three seasons and you can leave on a high note. You can leave on a, a low note. You are not stuck. Yeah. I think we forget that. Yeah. I think it's kind of, it's that comfort. Um, I think you said something earlier about, I think when we were talking about, you know, trying new things or the tough topics that even if you, you know, put your toe in there and try it, that you never know. So when you're comfortable at a job, but you're not happy, it's okay to say, I wonder what it would be like to do something different. Find another door, find another window, find another way in. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make room for new opportunities because if there's no room for it, they're never going to come. It's a good point. That's very, very good. And then because, I mean, you did these reality TV. And then now when did you stop doing that and start kind of doing more of the podcasting stuff or the radio stuff? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I worked in reality TV and then I tried the corporate space for a bit where I was like. You said corporate space. What would that be exactly? I worked for a telecom company as a program manager, which was essentially planning corporate lunch and learns. But you learn from that too. I really learned how to use LinkedIn. I learned Mm -hmm. how to do targeted reach outs where if you wanted a head of customer experience or a chief financial officer at XYZ company, I learned that you can reach out to people and make them your friend and tell them that you have a speaker and an event and that you want to invite them. And if you're nice to them, just like you're nice to people that you're casting on a TV show, you can get people to come to your events. And so I did that for about a year and a half. I didn't love the product. I didn't love the company (laughs) that much, but I learned from it. And then I took those same skills and I tried it for a financial firm for about a year and a half. And again, it wasn't the right vertical for me, but learned from doing that. And Mm -hmm learned how to market myself better and learned how to get people to events. And then from doing those two jobs, I was able to do that for entrepreneurs. And so I switched to working with influencers and podcasters and it's been a road. (laughs) Well, and I love how, you know, like you say, it wasn't a good fit or you weren't happy there. You just kept going. Tried that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have such a, I learned something. And I think that's always the key takeaway is even if we, because yeah. I've had some jobs 
did not like them. And at the time when I, especially that first couple months after leaving, I was like, yeah, I did not like any of those people. I didn't like that. <laughs> that was not, but I could look back later and be more realistic and say, yeah. okay, minus the fact that you did not like anybody there, or it made you feel this way. What did you learn? And yes, most of the time I could list things that I learned. And even if what I learned was, I don't like doing that. <laughs> At least it was something to file away and say, well, in the future, if someone says, do you want to do sales? My answer would be no, I'm not good at that. It did not make me happy. Now I know that. How would I know it if I didn't try it? And it's okay to say, yeah, that just was not, not a fit. It did not work for me. It's not my personality. Somebody that was else not my strength. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else really good at it, but <laughs> not me. So I love your view of being able to say it just didn't work, but I learned, moved on. And you have found ways to keep building new bricks all the way to where you are now. And I would say too, like, pay attention to what you love doing and try to find more of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I love collaborating with other creators. I love collaborating with other creative people. I love music. I love comedy. So I try to find opportunities to invite that into my world. And, and I love that because how do you, I mean, you just keep building, you know, and finding people that like those things too. Right. And there's so many people out there. And then there's the ones that you're just like, well, that was not, <laughs> not a good fit. You know, <laughs> That was a miss. Yeah. That one didn't wear out the way that I had in my head, but that's okay. Because then I learned something from that experience. I learned maybe to research better, or I learned how to interact with somebody that it just definitely was not a good gel together because you're going to have those experiences in life you're not going to get along with everybody and we have to learn how to work through those little moments <laughs> because they happen and we want to not be uncomfortable, but we want to end and move on being positive for both people. So I just think it's great that you're out there just looking for people and cause you look for me and we found each other and I'm like, this was a good, good fit. I, Enjoy your journey. It's a fascinating Thank journey. You. Now, so as we do, what do you see yourself like? Because that's the thing with podcasting, with all of this is it's tangible, but it's not. You know, I mean, you can do kind of checklists a little bit more than maybe because I had someone on who talked about becoming more self-aware, more self-accepting of them, you know, enjoying who they were better. That's a little harder one to do a checkoff box on. Yours, I guess you kind of can. Do you have any big goals that you would like to achieve? Anybody you would really love to have on and collaborate with? Or do you see a bigger podcast? I mean, what, what would you like to do? I would love to have my own professional studio one day. I would love to continue to upgrade my gear and do more in-person interviews. I try oh. to incorporate a few, but right now I'm just like renting. Okay. Renting time at a studio. Like if there's someone local that I connect to that I would love to interview in person. But I think for me, who knows? Somebody recently reached out to me and asked if I would ever do a TED talk and that they know a coordinator of a TED event. And I was like, that would be pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But yes, 
I, for you. I would like to push myself to continue to develop my interviewing skills, my speaking skills, my networking skills, all of those things. You're, you're impressive. I have, I mean, it's, I have had a feeling again, when I read what you had done, I was like, she she has experience. (laughs) She's going to know what she's talking about. But to hear all that you've done, all you've taken away and the fact that you know you're not settling. You want to keep becoming better you. I always say no one's perfect. Not possible. We all want to keep working on ourselves that we shouldn't settle. And you're not. I mean, just the idea, because if someone said to me, do you want to do a TED Talk? I'd be like, no. Mostly because for the longest time, I didn't even know what a TED Talk was. I won't deny that. Um, finally figured it out. Still not my cup of tea. Because it's not right now where I am in my life, in my self-confidence. It's not in my box. But I hope one day to still say, you know what? It's it's out of my comfort zone, but I'm willing to try it. So I applaud you for saying, you know what? I'm, I'll try that. Well, I just, I wanted to respond to that other thing that you said, as far as not being at the place right now where you would want to do a TED talk, because let me tell you, I got asked to keynote an event last July and it was from someone who listened to my podcast and somebody that I had met with when I lived in Chicago. And we were going to collaborate before the world shut down. She was going to do a radio show and I saw her space and we have a lot of mutual connections. And she was asked to give the keynote and couldn't. And she referred me for it. And I was so taken aback by her putting me in for this paid speaking gig. I was like, I'm going to do it. I am going to I joined Toastmasters. I practiced for months. Mm-hmm. I got together with many of my past guests who are keynote speakers or have spoken on stages. I was like, I am going to push myself to do this. Like, one, it was a good paycheck. And two, yeah. I didn't want to let her down. And I was so scared, mm-hmm. but like scared in a good way and so nervous and practiced so many times. I mm-hmm. literally ride in practicing this. And the day I was supposed to fly out, I got COVID. I was like, oh my God, God took me off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) But what I love is that God had you prepare, had you go through the whole process. And then it's like, okay, you put in all the work, but I'm not going to make you stand up there. I want to pull you off of it, you know, at the very last minute. But I love that you did the process because if you were asked to do it again, you would have at least, you'd know how, cause like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And which that is, is the scary. hardest part to it's be scary honest. in itself. Yes. It's that idea that where do you start? It's kind of like when you start your first podcast, you know, I look back and realize that my only saving grace is that I did not listen to podcasts before I started. I really didn't. If I had, and I heard the quality that some people were creating, I think I wouldn't have done it because, you know, I had an iPad and I had this old microphone and I'm in my dining room and I think I would have talked myself out of it. So sometimes there is a great benefit to just being completely naive and uninformed because I jumped into it. And over time, I had these wonderful friends that are like, 
Now you're going to learn what audacity is. And we're going to, let's talk about small space and sound quality. And they did it in a way, because I was open to, you know, give me, you know, some information, tell me what I could do to improve. What kind of microphone should I have? What, how do I tilt it the right way? You know, so I was lucky to have these people who helped me, but I think that if I had heard podcasts, I would never have known where to start because whatever I created would have been, it was, it sounded like poo. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It sounded like poo. <laughs> and if you go back and listen to my first episodes, they do. But I was talking to someone in another episode that I keep them there because it is a journey. I like to think that someone listens now and thinks it sounds good. I want to get to the point where someone's like, I feel like she's sitting next to me in my car. She has reached that level of, you know, editing and everything. I It sounds like she and her guests are in the same room together. We're going to get there. But I think that, you know, when you talk about like being a keynote speaker, I wouldn't, and I know I've listened to enough speeches. I've been to enough events to be like, I can't do that. And that's lack of self-confidence. And I wouldn't know where to start. So, but I wonder though, if I had someone that like recommended me, like your friend did, that little piece of confidence is what would spur you. It was a huge motivator for me. Yeah. And I just want to tell you, like, look at how far you've come. You've got a, you've got a professional mic. You've taught yourself how to edit. You've taught yourself how to figure out who would make a good guest you've kept this conversation going. These are, <laughs> these are no, but these are such great skills and, and it just builds on itself and you don't even realize. And when I was doing the radio for the last nine months, I never nailed it on the first take. Like I would do two and three takes nine months later and every mistake I would literally make muscle movements. I'm like, Building those muscles, there you building go. those muscles. <laughs> I would flex through each mess up. There you go. Of course, then I would have like one arm that was huge. <laughs> People be like, "What is wrong with you?" I'd be like, "Just, just learning. I'm just yeah. learning." <laughs> yeah. And I would talk to myself and say that, and I would sometimes even just try to dance with the music that I'm getting ready to cue up. Yeah. And like people hear you dancing, people hear you into it. They also mm -hmm. can hear if you've been doing it for three hours and you're like at the end of your shift. So sometimes like you need to stand up, walk around, come mm -hmm. back to it. What a neat job though, to, um, to work radio. I know a lot of people really, really enjoy doing that. I bet that was a very neat, it's another block for you, you know, but what a fun experience to get to. And so you played music and you found the stories and you did all of that, or did somebody tell you what to do? How did you do that? Someone else did the music programming, but okay. there was a lot of flexibility around, like, if I was getting ready to announce a song, I could look and see if that artist was on tour or okay. are they in the news or have they added two cats to their home, right? So yeah. I would just Google or go to Billboard and see what well, that people, star is up to. People love those little, I know I do. I love those little bits of information. That's probably why we all like social media. We all like that. I love the little, you know, maybe that says a lot about our attention spans nowadays. <laughs> we like just little blips of information, but you knew what the audience would find interesting. 
And I love that you went and found it and provided it. That's very makes yeah, me just one little more. tidbit. And hey, it's Rena on cool.fm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just announcing the station, announcing who you are, and one little fun thing about who you're getting ready to listen to. That's it. Now, did you go to a studio and do that? Or was that like from your home or All from home now? Isn't that amazing? You know, again, life has changed because. Yes. This is so, so strange, but I remember when I was in elementary school, I want to say it was one of those, like, we got to go take a tour somewhere and we toured a radio station and it was, you know, and I remember another one we did was we toured a TV station. We also toured an ice cream factory. You can guess which of those three was the favorite, but that's beside the point. (laughs) But I remember that they were in booths. And there was the big on-air sign. That's what I remember. Totally. The on-air signs are like iconic now. Yes. So to think you could do that from home nowadays is just crazy for me. Not all stations, but there are many. Oh, wow. And how did you find that job? Just somebody? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn pro. Actually, the posting was only up for like... I want to say a couple hours and there were hundreds of applicants. And since I had hundreds of episodes of my own podcast, I didn't even need an air check tape. I submitted my podcast as a reference for what I sound like. Well, there you go. To anyone listening who has an interest in that. Yeah. Just think of what, you know, if you're a listener that has a podcast, think what you can do with that because you're right. What do you sound like? Well, let me show you which of the 300 would you like to listen to? And or what are your interviewing skills like? Let me show you or anything. That is so interesting. Your own art, your own portfolio. And I encourage people to do that. If there is something that you've been wanting to do, whether it's write a book or learn how to play guitar or take a comedy class, call up a pal. I bet I mean, like I said, I'm getting ready to interview somebody in person coming up next week. And we met at a networking event and I'm going to interview her in person. And she told me that she would love to take an acting class. I'm like, me too. Let's do it together. Let's hold each other accountable and yes. do something fun together. Oh, neat. You're going to be, gosh, you'll be like, I don't know, like a triple could I don't even what kind of threat you'll be. If you add acting to everything else, I mean, you got some music going on, you sing, you do, you'd be unstoppable lady just be. <laughs> I'll be like she was on my podcast I know her <laughs> life is short life yes, is short is. yes you got to do things that continue to make you grow and excite you I always say try to find even if it's something small you know because again that can be a step who would have known when you you know went to Purdue I mean you never know like which door you go through what that door will lead to and that is the neatest thing about life is you don't know but you don't nothing will happen if you don't make room for it as you said or if you don't walk through the door and that can be extremely scary and I mean here I'm sitting here saying what my fears would be which would be public speaking there's a lot of reasons why we do the anonymous thing a lot of them are family but there is that level of just not being comfortable on camera. So being in front of a big audience, or even if it's like five people would just, woo, that's, that's some scariness right there for me. But you start with the five people because you never know what that will lead to. And maybe it'll be more, or maybe it'll just be five people because that's as far as I'm willing to go. But at least I did it. 
And that's what matters. Well, I have learned a lot. And I think the sky's the limit for you. I can't wait to hear where you are or what doors you, you know, I, I know you say you walk them. I think you bust through them. I think you're just like, you know, that's where I'm going next. And you bust through it. And I love that about you. Thank you are, you. you're very, very fun to talk to. And I have learned a lot. And I hope that everyone else has enjoyed and learned just as much as me. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. And if you could give all of your information, name of your podcast again, any, and we'll put all of it in the show notes as always. But I think people like to hear where they need to go and listen to you. So. Thank you, Mama D. You have been a gracious, amazing, sweet, kind host. And everybody should leave you a five-star review. See, she's so smart. She. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can find me at bettercalldaddy.com. I am Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Actually, on Twitter, I'm Rena Rena, but it does say Rena Friedman Watts on there too. Please go. And as I said, 300 episodes. She has a whole variety. I just picked one that interests me, and it just happened to be like two weeks ago. I mean, it was a very recent one. So go through and see who she talks to or who she's had as a guest or what topic has been covered, give her a listen. Definitely five stars because as I say, that is free support and that is very, very important. If you have any thoughts or opinions about this episode, if you have any questions that you would like me to pass on, you can email me at pedals.s at aol.com. You can find me on everything that would be X and threads TikTok and Instagram at Petals of Support. Today is Thursday, so I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. On behalf of Rena and I, we thank you all and we love you all. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Unfiltered Studios. If you would like to know more about joining Unfiltered Studios, please visit our website at unfpod.com for more information. Are you ready to dive into a world of captivating stories, laughter, and enlightenment? Look no further than Unfiltered Studios, your gateway to an incredible podcasting experience. Join St. Joe on Nailed It!, as he explores life's victories, one nail at a time. Petals of Support brings you heartwarming tales that remind us, even in the darkest moments, there's beauty and hope. Get ready to be entertained by the wit and humor of The Sleevy G Show, where interviews are always fascinating. Need a good laugh? Tune in to Refiltered, our comedy podcast that's sure to tickle your funny bone. Discover inner peace and guidance on finding your way a spiritual podcast that nurtures your soul. Relax your mind and body with hypno-wellness, your path to a healthier, more balanced life. Love movies? Movie Lovers Unite is your passport to a world of cinematic wonders. Immerse yourself in the magic of storytelling, laughter, and enlightenment as you're taken on a journey through the fascinating realm of movies and television. And don't forget the Stupid History Minute, where we uncover the quirkiest stories of everyday items. 
Unfiltered Studios is your destination for diverse, engaging content. Subscribe now and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every story finds its voice. Visit unfpod.com today.